Think SEO is for couples who aren't your ideal clients? Think again. Potential clients don't use Google when they're lost. They use it when they're just starting out, including those who could be the perfect match for your services and price point. Tune in this week to own your business for a conversation with SEO expert Sarah Dunn, who helps me dive into three big myths about SEO that are costing your business money, why SEO works for services at all prices, top changes to make today for a better online presence, and how SEO ties into every other marketing strategy for your business. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for making the time to be on the Own Your Business podcast. I'm super excited to have you. You and I have kind of been ships passing in the night over the last several years. We've had a couple of conversations and some emails. It is so good to have you one-on-one in front of me. It's great to see you, Sam. I am glad that this podcast brought us together for another conversation today and that we get to record it. So hopefully everyone can get something out of it. Usually it's just us chatting and you saying things that blow my mind. So I'm glad you record those conversations now. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, you know, I think that uh, you and I have kind of a mutual admiration club. Uh, We share a lot of clients who have found a lot of success using each other's services and Uh, We definitely do have uh, values and approaches and perspectives that do align. And I think that's great. And I I can't wait for you to share some more of the information you have, uh, not just about the technical side of SEO, but about who it can work for and, and how it can work and how it can integrate with a larger marketing plan. But you know me, I like to get straight to business and I forget all about the personal connection sometimes. So let's make sure we start off a little bit on who you are, what your background is, and what people should know about you, why you're an authority. So what's fun about the way that I came to the wedding industry, I feel like my background is not the traditional person who serves the wedding industry. I was actually never a wedding pro myself. I was actually in digital marketing. I started my own marketing agency in 2012, and I was just making websites for friends, clients, anybody with a wallet um, who needed a website. I would do it. And I slowly taught myself all sorts of things about digital marketing. At one point, I had a small team and we did graphic design, website design. We were doing billboards and Facebook ads and really just anything that a small business client could need. But my favorite thing was always SEO. And it was something that I really wanted to do more of. So thankfully, I got connected with a wedding planner back in 2017 And she had a big SEO problem. And that was that she had gone through an expensive website redesign that had actually tanked her rankings. And it it was such a desperate situation that we actually met at a business conference and we were just chatting. And I said, hi, I'm Sarah. I do digital marketing, like websites and graphic design and SEO. And she goes, SEO. Oh, I need you. Like, I, I have a problem. And we talked through it right then and there. And I said, I can absolutely help you fix that. And so it took us many months together 
to figure out what had gone wrong with her website redesign and build her SEO on that site back up. But we did it and we got her back to page one in one of the major metros in the US. And she was so thrilled that she referred me around to a lot of other wedding pros. So I am so grateful that as of about 2018, I stopped taking on any other work. I created a separate brand called SarahDoesSEO.com. And now I exclusively work in the wedding industry on search engine optimization. Wow, that's great. What a cool little story about how you got in. It's always fun hearing little story of origins. Yeah, I agree. I also love the people that come from the wedding industry and figured something out on their own for their own business. But it's fun for me to be able to bring what I learned from working with dentists and lawyers and attorneys and all other kinds of local businesses who serve clients in their local area, kind of the same way that wedding pros do, but they market themselves really differently. And I'm able to take the best parts of all of those things and I hope bring kind of like some fresh and different ideas along with what I do. Yeah, that's great. You're taking the general approaches that we know work for small businesses and applying them to the wedding industry rather than starting with your business or your website or your own personal SEO approach and then applying it to everybody else's business in the hopes that it might work. Yeah. I'm curious, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot with a number, so a ballpark here. Uh, how many websites do you think that you have and your team has worked on in the last four plus years doing SEO for wedding pros? Oh, that is a little on the spot number. Like um, 100, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 10,000? I'd probably say at least two to 300 websites. Okay. And I look at wedding websites every single day. You know, yeah. I'm analyzing, I'm sending recommendations. And so what I like to say is that every single day I study how engaged couples search online. So I'm able to kind of see what's working for one wedding pro. And then we can apply that to another professional in another market. And everyone really benefits from the way that we kind of do the same thing over and over again and try to do it better every single time. Yeah. So cool. You get to refine through the reps. Yeah, for so sure. Before we get too far into it, because sometimes I bury the lead, what is SEO and, and, I, yeah. and how does it work? Like, Give us a quick little 30, 60 second summary just so we're all on the same page. Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked because I never want to go into a conversation assuming anyone knows what SEO is or what it even stands for. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, which is basically a fancy way to say that we influence what shows up in the search results on search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. And of course, you're like, okay, well, how are you so powerful? How can you influence what's in the search results? And the thing is that we can actually study what makes certain websites show up higher on Google and other search engines and what makes some websites show up lower. So as an SEO professional, my job is to actually experiment with things and to learn about best practices from other search engine professionals and what they have experimented with on their client sites. And I've kind of come up with now a framework of exactly what I think needs to be done to a wedding website to influence how high it shows up on Google for free. So... That's all that I do in SEO is basically we follow the best practices that we've learned that Google is looking for when they're trying to decide whose business to show in the search results. And I do want to um, 
also clarify, we're talking about the free things that we can do to a website to show up. So we're not talking about paying Google for advertising. You can certainly do that too. And I have nothing against Google ads, but SEO to me is the fun stuff because we are trying different things and we are actually getting results that we don't have to pay for every time someone clicks on our websites. And that's why it's so valuable. We can actually harness thousands of visits to a website every single year for absolutely zero dollars per click. Uh, free advertising is a very good price. Yes, for sure. It just takes a little bit of learning and doing a little bit of work on your site on a consistent basis, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. And I think that that's important as you're, you know, as, as you're listening to this episode, uh, dear listener, uh, you, you will recognize that there are some things that are going to be uh, low skill, high impact that you can apply and and take steps on and DIY yourself. There's also going to be some things that you will have put in front of you that are ideas that are, are really great and important to do, but you may not have the skill level and it may not be worth your time to do. I mean, Sarah's spent, you know, thousands of hours looking over hundreds and thousands of sites to try and learn what she's what she's done. And I think we're going to get some good takeaways from here. Um, but there's nothing like the value of an expert, just like everybody in the wedding industry would never tell their clients to DIY something like photograph their own wedding or plan their own wedding or do their own floral arrangements with any kind of skill, expertise or authority. You know, SEO is something that even people like us at our own company who we work in the website world doing copy or, or working with designers, we always say the same thing. You need to talk to an SEO expert because th- it's so nuanced that you, you can't just guess. You've got to have somebody who knows what they're talking about, which is why it's so great that you're here sharing your insights. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that because there is kind of a distinction, I think, between content and SEO. And a lot of people kind of bundle them together. Well, if we do content, we'll we'll do some SEO on it. And a lot of wedding pros then think, oh, well, that means that I will rocket ship to the first page of Google. And sometimes it takes a little bit more than just one small tweak or one project to make that happen. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the the interplay, the relationship between content on your site and not just blog content, but all content on your site and and what that has to do with SEO. What's what's going to happen with your search results based on the content and the interplay of the keywords and other SEO factors? Yes. So when we think about content, I want us all to dial it back to this is text that's on a page. And when we think about Google, I want you to dial that back to the fact that Google is a robot that is scanning your website, especially your text, trying to better understand what's actually going on there. What kind of business is this? Uh, What do they offer? Where do they do it? And text content is the number one most important thing that Google looks at to understand that information. So content is critically important to how Google ranks websites because without words on your website, Google is not going to understand who you are, what you do, and where you serve people. So it's really important to have text content on a site, not just a site that is a giant slideshow of images. I think Sam would agree. It's also we important believe the for, same thing, yes, Sarah. <laughs> for sales messaging, connection, all of those things. But it's also really important so that a robot can understand your business better. So for me, text content is like the whole cake and SEO is the icing. We need content in order to do a good job at what we do with SEO. 
So let me ask you a question before we get you know, too far into some of the technicalities. Is SEO only for people who are just starting out, for people who are on search engines? And and, and I'll say it very plainly, because if anybody who listens to this on a regular basis knows anything about me, is that I'm fairly direct and, and candid. Are luxury wedding professionals included in the group that should consider SEO? Because I hear from a lot of wedding professionals, especially in the premium luxury segments, I don't I don't need people who are just on Google searching out best wedding photographer or wedding photographer Chicago to be in my inbox. Those aren't my buyers. Those aren't my ideal clients. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So SEO can have so many benefits to a business at any level of expertise, any uh, number of years in business. Certainly, SEO is something that it is great to be found and to get more traffic to your website. If you have paid someone to design a website for you, if you have hired an excellent copywriting company to make sure that you have great messaging, it's really important to get as many people there as possible so that your website can do a good job in helping to guide the right people to inquire with you. I would not say SEO is just for people starting out. And one of the reasons that I work with a lot of luxury wedding professionals is that they have the online reputation the links and press mentions and everything they need to really quickly rank higher on Google and get more visibility. And so it's actually an easier thing to do for a luxury wedding business to make sure that you're not missing out on any opportunities that you do want to be found for. And I can certainly only tell anecdotal evidence, but I have had plenty of luxury wedding clients who had said, you would not believe the client who found me on Google and inquired and what their budget is and what their dreams look like. I didn't believe it either, but now it's happening. You know, those are the kinds of stories that I hear. So I want everyone to also remember that SEO isn't just about being found for that keyword like best wedding photographer or a luxury destination wedding planner or something like that. Remember that even your high-end luxury clients, even if they usually find you through a referral, everybody goes to Google and does that kind of gut check. Okay, so we've heard of Sarah's wedding planning. Someone says they're great, but I'm going to go to Google and actually type in that company's name and see what shows up. And so it's really one of the unsung (laughs) but really important parts of my job is also looking at a business's online reputation just when their brand name is typed into the search results. What shows up there? Do you have reviews that are prominent? Do you have all of your listings up to date and consistent? All of those things are part of SEO as well because there are absolutely people searching for your business name and you need to make sure that what is on Google for your own business name also looks good. So there's many pieces of SEO from discovery to just justification that are very important in the luxury and high-end markets too. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's one of the first things that we do when we're looking from the client's perspective is go to Google and plug in the name of a company. You know, we do sales process audits and website audits, and we always look at it from the process of the couple who's inquiring. And it's pretty eye-opening when you Google a business and you look at what pops up and within half of a second, you have so many impressions that are formed. 
And and really the thing is it, a gut check. Is this a legit, reputable, reliable business that I am prepared to move forward on? Or are there some things that I need to pay attention to some red flags? What are some red flags or at least yellow flags that you see on a search engine results page for Googling, you know, Sarah's wedding planning business? What, you know, what are some things that you see pop up that are uh, important to pay attention to and maybe even easy fixes for people who are listening? I first and foremost look for inconsistencies. So, so many wedding pros have had listings for years, especially if they've been in business for a long time. And at a certain point, they were like, you know what? The knot doesn't bring me business. I'm not going to update it anymore. Or, oh, I used to use Pinterest and I kind of fell off. I'm not going to update that anymore. And the problem and what happens is if you shift your messaging, if you have new messaging written for you, um, if you change markets or locations, um, you have to make sure that you are also Googling yourself and making sure that the way that you're talking about your business on your other listings is consistent. That's good for Google, but that's also good for your branding, just to make sure that it doesn't say in one place that you do day of wedding coordination, but your website says you only do full service. It's super important to make sure that your potential clients are getting the same message about your business on all of those listings. So to me, red flags are when your other listings don't match what's on your own website. That's a problem. Um, and if I were to, give, were to give one more, another red flag would be when you have a ton of reviews on one site and maybe very few on Google. One of the things that I really like to encourage my clients is to make sure that they're getting reviews on Google and not just over on the listing sites. Because if you have 100 reviews on the not, but five on Google, it can look a little bit fake or questionable. How, like you stuffed like stuff the box, like you stuffed the ballot box, right? Yeah. Like you bought a bunch of reviews on the knot. I don't think that's possible, but you know, clients don't know that. And they're like, well, have you worked with a ton of clients or have you only worked with five? It's really hard to tell. So a lot of vendors who have been in business a long time, I encourage them to shift their review ask over to Google to make sure that their numbers of reviews in different places are fairly equal. And that pops up in the Google business listing, which is the part of the search engine results page that pops up on a desktop. It would be on the right hand side. And that covers a lot of real estate, like yes. 40, 50 percent of the screen on a desktop is taken up by this thing. And again, go and Google yourself. If you're listening to this right now, if you don't know what we're talking about, you've got to get a business listing up because if there's nothing there, you're losing out on prime real estate. And even if you do have something there, make sure you fill in all the stuff. It doesn't look like you did a half-assed job on it. Make it yep. make it look like you care. Make it look like you've got some information and some some social proof and some next steps and some photos for them to 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 move into the site. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Google business is so important because this is one of the only places where you actually control what shows up on the search results for your business. You get to say, this is my cover photo. This is my logo. This is my website address. So you're able to actually give information straight to Google and have them actually show it for you. Pretty much everything else we give to Google, they get to make a decision on exactly what language and what different things they're going to pull into the search results. But Google uh, Google Business Profile, as it is now called as of a few months ago, 
is really important because that's your opportunity to actually control the search results. And if you all have never heard of that, I recommend you go to business.google.com, check that out and set it up. That's great. Thank you for that. One more thing I want to bring up with the search engine results page that I see that for me is a uh oh, and that is when the individual site descriptions or page descriptions are are not completed or they have things like numbers on them or you know nonsensical words that don't go together and it's it's obviously just a complete oversight when putting the site together and a sure sign that there's somebody who diy'd it or didn't have uh you know the 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 follow-through that was necessary um talk to us a little bit about some of those basic seo principles that need to be followed and and how that can impact uh, the business. Yeah. So some basic SEO things. I love that you brought up what actually shows in the search results. Um, A lot of that is controlled with the SEO information that you enter into the back end of a website. So everyone who owns a website, I highly recommend you just get a little bit comfortable with that SEO settings tab for each page. Almost every website platform has an SEO settings in some place. Um, My team, we work on Show It, Squarespace, WordPress, and Wix. All of those platforms have an option to add an SEO title and an SEO description to each page. And that's one of the most important things you can do. The SEO title is a great place to include a keyword, something that is like the title of that page that describes what they might actually find on the page. On the homepage, I always recommend that you think about what's your most important keyword you would want to be found for and make sure that that phrase is included in the SEO title. So maybe my business would be Sarah's photography and I would want to be found for Michigan wedding photographer. I want to make sure that that keyword phrase, Michigan wedding photographer, is included in the SEO title on the homepage. Super important, actually has a ton of weight with Google. That's one of the things we have um, experimented and found can have the biggest impact. So find your homepage SEO settings and make that little tweak. And then there's probably an SEO description box right there below that. And that's a place where you can put maybe two sentences that would encourage someone to click. So you got to put your copywriter hat on for a minute when you write an SEO description and you have to think what would actually make someone want to click on this page while describing what is on the page. SEO description is not a place to throw a bunch of keywords separated by commas. You actually want to encourage people to click through by telling them what they'll get when they get there. Does that help? That's super helpful. And I think, you know, having done this on our own site, this isn't rocket science. You do not need a PhD in SEO to do what you just described. How if, if you went into your settings on your site and you had, say, five or six pages on your site, how long would it take to do what you just described? You know, the first time, maybe 15 minutes. Okay. So another piece of low hanging fruit, right? Make sure yep. that your messages and the content of your listing sites and your review sites and your own website match up. Make sure that your Google business profile is filled out and has Google reviews and make sure that your site and page titles and descriptions are how you want them to be and and interesting enough to at least not be seen as questionable in the mind of the person who's searching out your site. Yes, absolutely. Great summary. Yeah, good, good. So, all right. So those are some simple things we can do on SEO. 
I want to talk a little bit about how does SEO connect to a larger marketing strategy? You know, there are so many different things that wedding pros can do to get traffic to their website. You can work on referral strategies. You can run a Pinterest strategy. Obviously, social media is a big deal. Could be listing sites, any other number of things that you do. At the end of the day, all of marketing's job is to get people to your store. And, yeah. and that, that's what we're doing here with all of these different marketing strategies. So how does SEO tie in with other things that you're doing to get people to your website? Oh, see, I love this question because most people don't realize that good SEO is really just good marketing. Google, in the way that they're training their robot to scan websites, is just trying to figure out which businesses and which websites are the most reputable, have the best information, are from the best business that's going to deliver the best service. So all of these things that you do in other types of marketing actually also help your SEO ranking. So when you get on a preferred vendor list, maybe you'll get on the list and they'll link back to your website on a page on their site. That's good for your SEO. If you get mentioned by other vendors on their blogs, maybe because you were a vendor at a wedding together, you did a styled shoot together. That's a great connection. That's good for your marketing. It's also good for your SEO. Um, when you get great online reviews from your clients, that's great marketing because it shows that people trust you. It also shows that search engines should trust you. So really the other marketing activities you do all benefit your SEO as well. And so what I like to do in SEO is think about the technical SEO setup is kind of like a one-time project. So in the process that we do either what I teach in my course or what we do in one of our setup uh, services is we go through and we figure out what keywords people are searching for, and then we apply them to the website in the places Google is looking. And that's like a one-time setup thing. That's not something you have to constantly be redoing. But once your SEO and your keywords are set up properly, then all those other things that you do in your marketing over time are going to help you slowly move up in the search engine rankings because Google's going to realize you're making more connections, you're getting more awards, um, you're getting more reviews. And so it's like you're setting your base and then everything else you do builds your authority and helps you rank higher. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so it's just, it's part of the overall strategy rather than, yeah. you know, doing SEO or something else. There's yes. nothing that can stand on its own. You mentioned blogging, for instance. Um, you know, blogging and SEO are very importantly tied together. You know, how, how does SEO tie into blogging? If somebody's already blogging, how would SEO enhance the work that they're currently doing? Yes. So, Here's the reason SEO and blogging go hand in hand is that Google wants to deliver searchers to websites that have great resources and great information. And so when you're creating something that people will actually want to read, um, that they'll actually find interesting, it will help your SEO. You're going to rank for more keywords. So when people are searching for different things, you have more opportunities to show up in the search engine rankings. And it also makes your website overall a better resource to include for all keywords. So I recommend blogging to all of my clients. And if you're doing it, I do think it's worthwhile to be thinking about what would I want this to get found for if someone was searching online? Yeah. 
So you can kind of do SEO with blogging one of two ways. You can actually figure out what people are searching for online and specifically write articles about those topics. And that process is called keyword research when we figure out exactly what people are searching for. Or you can say, hey, I want to talk about this topic. This is important to me. And then in the in the background, you can say, well, what would be somewhat, something someone might actually search for if they needed this information? So you can either let SEO guide your topics or you can let your heart's desires guide your topics. But in both cases, I hope you're thinking about what keyword would someone search for in order to find this topic? So um, I think that's one way that those can work together. Okay. So let's, let's keep talking a little bit about blogging because that's something that I know that a lot of wedding pros do. One of the, the myths that I hear out there, the misconceptions is when people talk about blogging, they're talking about basically real wedding posts where you take a bunch of photos and you drop them into an app and you upload them into your site. And then you put, you know, Sarah and Steve got married at this place and here are the wedding vendors and there's my blog post. Would you say that that's an optimized blog post or is that just the beginning? There are so many options for blog posts and you're absolutely right. Most wedding pros think that real weddings is what blogging is. I like my clients to do a mix of real wedding blogs and more informational, helpful resource type topics. The problem we run into a lot of times when people have done blogging well over several years, meaning they've at least posted a lot, is that they are writing real weddings only and they're writing those in a way that actually doesn't sell their services. So they're just talking about Sarah and Steve's wedding, um, how great they were as a couple, how beautiful the weather was, and they don't say anything about their own service, how they contributed to the day. And you can actually get to the end of these blog posts, having looked at all of it and not know who wrote it or what they do. So in my mind, when I want my clients not just to drive traffic, but to actually drive inquiries and bookings, it's very important to think strategically about any blog post you write and make sure at the very beginning you establish who you are as the writer of that post. So you can say something easy like, I was so privileged to be the wedding photographer for Sarah and Steve for this beautiful day. And then throughout that blog post, find a way to reference how you actually added value or include your own opinion about certain things. I love this location for the first look at this venue because it's so private and has such beautiful light. I don't know, something like that. But you deserve to have an opinion in a blog post that's on your own website. And then goodness gracious, end that post with a call to action to actually check out your services and include yourself in that vendor list. It is a place to sell your services, not a place to just humbly not say who you are. So it's really important in a real wedding or any other blog post that whoever is reading it will actually understand who you are and what you offer by the time that post is done and feel really energized to possibly work with you as well. Yeah. We look at blog posts like you're telling a story that's going to have a beginning, middle and end. Um, if anybody's read, you know, many by Donald Miller, uh, you know, when it comes to story brand, you know, there's a hero who runs into an external, internal philosophical problem. 
you know, meets a guide who can then, you know, develop empathy and authority, show them the way, create a path, celebrate success and demonstrate the transformation. Right. This is this is marketing 101 going back to, you know, Joseph Campbell, you know, uh, uh, myth studies and how human beings respond to stories. So if you are telling a real wedding, make sure that you're not just showing photos and yes. listing things out. You want a story that has an introduction. I think of like uh, Star Wars, like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like you've got to provide the setting, right? And then you introduce it and then it's like, in comes the big starship destroyer. And like all of a sudden there's conflict. And, and then you want to show yourself as the person who guided the couple to get what they ultimately wanted and then show what that looks like. So you know, if you are doing real wedding posts, keep doing them and make them more rich and, uh, you know, with with a, a broader and deeper context so that the person who's going through them is hooked and interested and comes away with something learned rather yes. than just it be inspired. Yeah, and that, that'll that'll definitely help them move on to the next one. Remember, the goal is to is to communicate something to them, not just show them pictures or provide information. Yes. You don't want just traffic to your site. You want people to eventually hire and book you. Now, as we're talking about blogging, I don't want to gloss over the other type of blog posts, which are more helpful resources, informational. And here's always my tip for those kind of blog posts is I want wedding pros to think about what is some sort of especially local information that they might be able to put on the internet that a couple can't find anywhere else. So thinking about that local market that they want to serve, what sort of helpful information do you know about your market that maybe a wedding planner or a photographer or a vendor coming in from the outside wouldn't know? So maybe you write a helpful blog post about dates to avoid for San Francisco weddings. I don't know. There's probably not a lot of information online about that. And it shows your expertise and authority in the market. Maybe you make a list of... Um, Let's think about your favorite type of weddings. Maybe you love downtown weddings. So you make a list of your 10 favorite downtown Raleigh, North Carolina wedding venues because that's the market you serve. Of course, in that post, you do something similar where you make sure to talk about why you like these, why they fit with the service you offer. You can link to other weddings that you've done at these locations, but you're providing value and putting some information out there that's really unique and different and very localized. It is such a great way to make sure that you're driving local traffic to your website from people who are actually going to hire you, not people who need information about when to send their wedding invitations and they live 2000 miles away from you. So that's my biggest tip for when you're writing helpful resources, how can you localize the information or think about something that's local to you that people want to know? So this is assuming that people read and, you know, <laughs> and, and I, and I say this because I hear it all the time. And, and I, I literally did a podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, from this recording date that, that was trying to bust this myth. And I had, I put out some numbers. This is from over the last several years, different surveys that the average American reads 12 books, um, but the average wealthy American reads 32 books per year. Mm. And so I'm curious, going back to this perception in the wedding community that um, SEO is not important for luxury and, and even blogging is not important for luxury. 
Um, you know, obviously we work with some of the top planners, photographers, videographers, floor designers, stationers in the country. And we know the numbers behind what we've done and what we see from them. I'm curious, and, I, and you and I haven't talked before this. Do you think that people don't read or do you see on all kinds of wedding sites in various markets um, that people are reading? I think there is certainly evidence that people spend a lot more time on a website than most of us believe. So I think when people make this grand statement, oh, no one reads websites anymore, they're not actually backing that up with data. And you can see in Google Analytics exactly how long people will stay on a page on a website. And what we do for our clients a lot of times is create really long blog posts because they rank well on Google. And you would think that people would be like, oh, this is so overwhelming. I'm just going to close it. Uh, that's something that I've heard people say all the time. Oh, people will get overwhelmed by words and they'll just leave my site. Um, it's actually not true. We see blog posts that people will on average spend three, four or five minutes on, which is a lot of time and attention. But when you're delivering the answer to someone's question or problem, you will be amazed at how engaged they are with the answer. Um, they have, we're assuming, typed something into Google found your blog post as the answer. So they're very interested in what you have to say. Um, I do recommend, now I totally agree, when people are met with a wall of text that has no design to it, nothing to break it up, you may lose them. So I do always format for my clients and recommend that everyone formats in a way that breaks up paragraphs of text with different design elements, you know, bulleted lists, headings, um, photos throughout a blog post so that even if people aren't reading every word, they're picking up great information from your headings. They're scrolling to the next section and looking at the photo. Maybe they're reading the caption of a photo. Keep them at least scrolling through and they'll pick up on the overall gist and certainly spend a lot of time on your site. The data does not back up this general assumption that people don't read on websites. All right. Good to, good to hear that you're seeing the same things on the analytics that you're looking at. You it bet. seems like the more information you give to people, at least in a compelling way, the more they want to consume. And yeah. especially in a crowded, noisy environment like the Internet, somebody who can cut through that noise and give them something that's going to help them is the one that's ultimately going to win the day. Yes. Let me ask, as we kind of wrap things up, what would you say is the biggest misconception or a myth that you'd like to bust or as we ask our clients when when we interview them you know if you could wave a magic wand what would you do what would you fix what would you make happen for people who who you work with when it comes to seo yeah so one of the biggest myths that i want to bust especially as we keep talking about blogging here this myth, I think, keeps a lot of people paralyzed and unable to move forward. And it's the myth that you have to blog weekly to make blogging work. Now, I know if you actually go on Google yourself and type in, how much do I need to blog for SEO? There will be some scary articles you get back that say, like, you better be blogging every day. And wedding pros read that stuff and they're like, forget blogging every day. I can't blog every two weeks. That's ridiculous. I'm just not going to do it at all. And I really want to encourage anyone listening that any piece of content that you put on your website gives you a step forward. So I don't care if you blog every week. 
usually for my clients, I tell them it's really more realistic to think about blogging every month or even every other month. So maybe only six posts a year, if that's all you can do. But every single time you do it, it is something that puts more content on your site and builds up more authority for you. So consistency is actually a lot less important to me than quality. I want wedding pros when they have time, whether that's their off season, you know, that's the time to create something of quality. You can either post three blog posts right away or schedule them to post throughout the year. I don't care about that either, but don't feel like if you can't blog every week that it's not even worth doing at all. Just get out there what you can. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, not only for SEO purposes and for your search engine results, but also because in general, you tend to fix or or at least improve the things that you spend the most time on. And if you're not spending any time on your content or your search results or updating with new information or, or new real weddings, then you're likely to not improve the experience that potential clients have when they come to your website. It is your online storefront. People are paying attention to it. It is not meant to be just a bunch of images and uh, here's my personal story and contact me if you're ready to book. That, that's not what websites are for. And yes, even if you do get referrals, if you do get a lot of social media traction, every single one of those people is gonna make a pit stop to your website on the way to your inbox. It's just how it works. And so if you do spend more time blogging, you spend more time on your website, the more time you spend on your website, the more likely you are to improve it and to make it a great experience for people who are really, truly interested in your services. It's, it's a, a piece of low hanging fruit that you can pick. It takes just a couple of hours to do a decent blog post. Doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be done. Just yes. needs to be done. Absolutely. All right, Sarah, I feel like you and I could just keep going and, and, <laughs> And I don't, and I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to clog up too much of the the airwaves here with too many details on SEO. Um, I will tell you again, SEO is not something that even though we're in websites, we handle internally because we know that experts like you need to do that good work for people like us and other wedding pros. If somebody wanted to learn more about what it's like to get some free resources or to get some entry level or even done for you services from your company, how would they connect with you? Yeah, the best way is, well, probably on our website, sarahdoesseo.com. Uh, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the same. And I highly recommend if anyone just kind of wants to learn something small and actionable about SEO, I do an SEO lunch and learn every single month. It's 30 minutes. It's totally free. I don't care if you're fully paying attention to me, pop something in the microwave and just listen in and you'll pick up on a small tip. It's a kind of like a pitch free live training. Um, and I usually do it on the second Tuesday of the month. So check out my website and the resources page and you'll find a link to that. Thanks so much, Sarah. I really appreciate your time and expertise. All right. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 